0: Hey everybody, welcome to episode four of the Stone Age Fuel Fit for Life Experience with your host, Chandler and Dale. Dale who?
1: Dale. I don't know who I don't even know who you are. Dale Dale Tucker, coach. Stone Age Fuel School of Fitness.
0: You guys, I haven't seen Dale clean shaven in a long time. I can't I don't even recognize him.
1: Yeah, as a matter of fact, you've never seen me without a mustache.
0: Yeah. At he, least a mustache. I feel like I'm standing next to a different person. Uh-huh. I feel like I don't know you. Uh, maybe you don't. Yeah, geez. Who are you?
1: Dale Tucker, coach at Stone Age Fuel School of Fitness. Is that who you are? Yeah. Are you sure? Mm-hmm. The last time I looked like this, however, I was Corporal Tucker, also known as Corporal Clean of the United States Marine Corps.
0: Oh, well, that's exciting. Yeah. I still don't even know. I don't even know if I know you.
1: Okay, Well, here moving we on. Here
0: we are with a stranger on, on the podcast. So today we're going to talk about fitness myths and myths that have been perpetuated by different industries that people tend to follow blindly and not even realize what they're doing. And uh, to preface this, what we want to talk about and tell you guys is there are situations where this stuff might work. Well, some of them, and there's situations to where they're definitely not going to work, but the companies peddling a lot of this stuff are always going to tell you that it's going to work no matter what. And we want to get away from that and get people into a further or a better understanding that in order to be truly fit for life and truly healthy for life, you need to understand a lot of the stuff that's being thrown at you. And there's a lot of industries who put 90% of their budgets into marketing to make sure that you want whatever they're peddling.
1: Yeah, the the fitness industry is broken in the interest of there are a lot of people making money off of cheap tricks trying to sell you on something that looks like it's supposed to work, but there's zero information or studies done to suggest that they do work and even when they're proven to not work. They again, they pour all this money into marketing to make it look like it's the best thing that can ever happen for you, and they make it sound easy like you don't have to work for it. And that's where they're taking the money from you. They're suggesting that you don't have to, that it's just going to happen on its own if you purchase this thing. Uh, even if you're working a little bit, it's supposed to like skyrocket your results, so on and so forth, blah, blah, blah. Well, in some of these cases, there are things that can help you, but they're not going to turn you from whoever you are, into Michelle Pfeiffer in six minutes. Um, and then the, the we're going to cover some things that just absolutely do not work today as well.
0: Yeah, we're just going to make sure you guys can make a better, more well-informed decision mm-hmm. when you choose your health and fitness products. And remember, even though some things seem silly, they do work on some people, like the 48-hour Hollywood cookie diet. Like, who would think a diet with cookies would work? But people buy that, and it was popular at one point. So. Oh. Let's start, today, the first thing we wanna go over is cleanses, and we always get cleanses marketed as this way to cleanse your body and rid it of toxins and get rid of impurities, and let's fundamentally think about that sentence, to- toxins and impurities. I think you have an actual body part that's specifically devoted to that. What's that called, your colon?
1: Yeah, something like that. Yeah, um, I would say that there's also like a liver, Yeah. maybe some kidneys. There's like
0: all these detoxifying organs that are designed to specifically remove toxins and ingredients from your body. So why would you need to take a juice that's going to somehow magically through witchcraft, flush everything out of your body? And in reality, what the cleanse is going to do, it's going to effectively make you have liquid poop.
1: Yeah. All you're going to do is consume over consume vitamins and minerals, uh, and acids from fruits. Uh, and you're actually just going to throw off your entire, uh, gastrointestinal track. Uh, And you're you're just gonna feel like crap for two weeks and yeah, you're gonna lose weight uh, Potentially, but you're also gonna feel like crap your performance isn't gonna go anywhere And the reason why you're losing weight is just because you're not consuming any calories your body isn't doing anything with it
0: Yeah, and those liquid diets the reason we do lose weight is because you go on this liquid cleanse for like three days And you're just drinking liquids and obviously you're gonna have a significantly reduced caloric intake And you have the liquid poop, so you're going to be expelling a lot of stuff, which means you're going to lose weight from that. But guess what happens when you stop that? You gain the weight right back. You feel the way you did before because a cleanse, even if it did have some magical characteristics that worked, all the cleanses would do is put a Band-Aid on your problems. It's going to let you feel better for three days and then go right back into how you were before. So it's, it's, it's in no way a good option in any environment, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, all it's doing is addressing the symptom, not actually administering a treatment. Again, just like he said, it's a band-aid. It's not going to produce a long-term effect. And as soon as you get off your juice cleanse, you're more likely to binge eat than you are to go back to some sort of healthy practice that you didn't have before.
0: Yeah, exactly, which leads us, liquid talk, leads us into our next topic, powders for weight loss. So what we find is a lot of people think that they need to take liquid calories in order to lose weight or they think that... You need to take a weight loss shake or some sort of weight loss powder in order to effectively make your weight loss better or more enhanced. And, but what happens is and what you're doing when you're taking any sort of powder, especially like a protein powder or anything like that, is you're basically spiking your glycemic load, and you're going to get full quick, and then you're going to get hungry real quick. And you're going to put yourself on a perpetual roller coaster to where you're full, and then you're hungry. You're full, and then you're hungry, and then it never actually goes away.
1: Not only that, but I, I want you to think in the common sense interest of protein shakes are, if it, it says on the the tub, uh, meal replacement supplement, right? And in the interest of something replacing a meal, when would you ever consu- 100% consume a liquid? Protein powders are meant specifically, even though they're not marketed this way, The only real benefit we get from them is from somebody who's trying to gain weight is added supplemental calories if they're not able to consume enough calories because of the size of their stomach or whatever to gain weight. Uh, There is... I mean, there are people who lose weight taking shakes, but it's because they starve themselves. All they're doing is consuming these liquids. They have to deal with chronic inflammation now at this point. They're drained of energy, and their activity level has to go down to zero because they're not doing anything with it. There are much healthier ways to do this, uh, and it simply comes down to stop, stop eating bad foods and eat more good foods, which in most cases are less calorically dense anyways.
0: Yeah, exactly. If you want to lose weight, your best option is to listen to our previous episode on nutrition and follow the weight loss protocol. Eat a hunk of meat and some veggies. Don't include the liquid calories. Include water, coffee, or tea with your meal, and then you're set and you're good to go. If you start adding in these liquid calories, you become dependent on it. And as soon as you get rid of the liquid calories, you gain the weight right back. And so you don't want to get in this thing we call a dependency cycle where you depend on whatever it is that you're taking to keep the weight off. And if you take it away, the weight goes right back on. And we want to get into a mode to where we can eat normal, healthy, everyday foods, and that can help us take the weight off, and that can help us get to a point where we're going to be healthier over time. We're also
1: not dealing with chronic inflammation, and we can talk about our performance still continuing to rise. And the thing is, when it comes to generating weight loss and the, the portion of it being calories in and calories out... We want to increase our ability to have more activity, to increase our activity levels so that we're burning more calories on top of eating a healthier diet.
0: Exactly, and so this takes us into our next topic, mm-hmm. the myths of bodybuilding. I think bodybuilding has done some great things for fitness back in the day and for society and all that, but what it's done is it's produced this idea that we all need to be these giant people with nipple tanks. I really yeah. like the use of nipple tanks. <laughs>
1: Um, no, bodybuilding, uh, as an industry, its own portion or the majority of the fitness industry in itself got people interested in doing more than calisthenics, right? This stuff started with Jack LaLanne back in the fifties and sixties. Um, and we got people interested in their health on a personal level other than just like, well, I go for a walk type thing, or I, you know, do jazzercise. And there's a lot to be said for like, if this is your preferred method of activity, you can do that but bodybuilders have been epitomized as the the epitome of health for so long uh that we're looking at them as some sort of like icon of health and in in all reality they're not the healthiest people walking around
0: yeah it's essentially creating false expectations on Mm -hmm. what a real person looks like it's The same thing in like the Sports Illustrated Bikini models, it creates this false expectations on what women should look like. And same thing with bodybuilding, it's creating this false expectation of what we think we should look like because that's what's being marketed to us. And so you have to get in the mindset that bodybuilding is essentially an aesthetic sport and they're training for that specifically, that's their goal and that's what they need to do and that's their drive. And they work really hard to look like that, but that's not something that you can construe to be normal for the everyday person to look like. So if you want to look like that, it takes hours in the gym, several days a week, strict dieting and all that. So for a normal person, just get in the mindset that the body type isn't necessarily the same as what they look like. The body type is what a normal person looks like.
1: And again, the fitness industry is banking on taking your money in the interest of marketing to you that you can spend 30 minutes uh, a day, five days away, uh, a week at moderate-level activity or three 60-minute sessions of intense-level activity to look like a bodybuilder, and it's just not going to happen that way. If you actually go listen to bodybuilders talk online and stuff like that, all of them are going to tell you that it takes incredibly hard work. I'm not saying that you know some of them over they're like, oh, I spend six hours a day in the gym, blah, blah, blah. But like, unless you have uh, a completely locked-in nutrition plan where you're accepting that I'm going to eat like this 100% of the time, as well as also spend at least like two, two and a half hours in the gym, four to five days a week, and making sure that you're really educated on what you're doing, you're not going to end up looking like the the new mass monster's, uh, that bodybuilding has turned into for men, or these bikini models that we like shame for their muscles being too big, uh, or we shame the the female bodybuilders uh, in the the more bodybuilding oriented class past bikini for just being too big in general, and it's just like. It's it takes a lot of work to get there. And it's a really hard uh thing to do where you're you're on this cycle, this roller coaster of, well, now I'm boosting my carbohydrate count so that I can gain as much weight as possible and as much muscle mass and fat mass to break new thresholds. And then I'm gonna cut super hard and restrict my caloric intake ridiculously and try to still be a functioning human being while getting ready for a show and spending money I don't have on self-tanner.
0: Yeah, exactly. And what it comes down to is Don't set false expectations for yourself. Don't set bodybuilding as the pinnacle. Don't set bikini modeling. And don't judge other people for what they do. Mm -hmm. Let the bodybuilders be happy with the body types they have. Let the person who maybe does weightlifting be happy with their body type. The CrossFitters, the person who doesn't do anything, the skinny people. There's always people who are attacking the other group. And Mm -hmm. so it's just be happy with where you're at. Know where you want to be, and that's all that matters. It doesn't matter what anybody else is doing. That's their own battle, their own life, and their own goals.
1: Essentially, physical health doesn't have a a look other than like morbidly obese. Um, There isn't like a, a set body type or a set physique or a set aesthetic appeal that means that a person is inherently healthy. There are thin people who aren't healthy. There are muscular people who aren't healthy. There are people who don't look like they work out all that much who are perfectly healthy. And that comes down to, again, not attacking other people and accepting what is health versus what does something look like
0: yeah it comes down to are you happy with where you're at and that's what matters so next goes into another bodybuilding myth actually the fact that a lot of people think we need to eat six times a day or more in order to gain weight and they talk about how it boosts your metabolism and does a lot of these things but we we find that to be a big myth because what we do is we get people in this neurotic mode where they feel like they have to eat six times per day and if they don't they fail and they can't do anything anymore and so what we like to see people do is just eat when they're hungry And don't eat when you're not. And don't pretend like you're not hungry when you are. I see a lot of people with these mental issues where they just tell themselves they're not hungry. And you need to say, okay, I'm hungry six times a day, so I'm going to eat six times a day. Or I'm hungry three, so I'm going to eat three. And we talked about this in the last episode. Some people are grazers and some people eat everything. I'm a grazer, so I'll eat six times a day. Dale eats everything, so he'll eat three times a day.
1: Yeah, and it's just this th- thing where we supposedly suggest that, like, oh, well, I'm going to wake up, I'm going to eat a small meal. Two hours later, I'm going to eat a small meal. Two hours later, another meal. Two hours later, every two hours, I'm going to eat something little. And therefore, my, my digestive system is always working, and therefore, it's requiring and burning more energy. And th- not really. Uh, simply, all you're doing is pulling more of oxygenated blood to your gastro uh, or to your digestive tract. Uh, and that's really the only, like, change that we're seeing there. If you're hungry, eat. If you're not hungry, don't. Uh, and if you're a person that eats when you're tired, uh, when if you have, uh, like, depression or anxiety issues uh, or you eat uh, – what I already covered tired, right? So yeah. let's say uh, you eat because you're bored, right? I I am a person this way. I'm not hungry, but I will eat just because I'm bored. Uh, find what it is that creates that issue if you're looking to lose weight. And don't worry about like the amount of time that you're eating. It's just, am I hungry or am I not okay? Either I'm going to eat because I am or I'm not, so I won't. Yeah, and the ultimate goal is to get
0: people out of the neurotic mindset that they have to do something mm-hmm. that's – Probably not going to benefit them anyway in the long run So we need to get them in the mindset of this is what I'm doing I'm eating when I'm hungry and I'm not when I'm not and I'm happy doing that. I'm not neurotic I've actually been able to pay attention how often I eat naturally and that's what keeps me in a good place That keeps me motoring forward and that keeps me moving in a direction I need to move to be healthy long term because we don't care about your six-week challenge we care about where you're going to be at two years from now, three years from now, four years from now, because chances are you're going to do a six week thing and then you're going to gain everything back that you lost. And that's what we ultimately want to prevent and try to stop from happening.
1: Yeah. And that doesn't mean that you can't like schedule your meals. And if you, of course, everybody works, Uh, so if like you only have a specific amount of time that you are time allotted to the day that you're, you can eat, that's fine. But that doesn't mean that you can't carry snacks with you if you are allowed to have snacks with whatever it is that you do for work. Um, or you, you find a way to make sure that you're able to make it like to that next meal. Um, because, of course, we all have scheduling issues when it comes to food sometimes, and you can take that into consideration. But just you don't have to worry about, like, I have to eat every two hours. There is just no have to.
0: Yeah, there's just do it when you need to do it. Mm. So the next one we're going to talk about is supplements. So what what we find more often than not is when you walk into the supplement store, The guy behind the desk is going to walk up and say, can I help you? And you're going to ask him something, and then you're going to walk out with $900 worth of supplements and a triple-reinforced shelf to hold all those supplements that you're probably (laughs) never going to take, but that guy convinced you to do because you didn't know what you were doing.
1: Yeah, or uh, again, you're going to walk out with these $900 worth of supplements, and you're going to take them, and you're going to find that doing the same activity that you were doing before, you're not going to see like all these super huge, fantastic benefits that you were supposed to get from them
0: yeah exactly and we find most often that people who need to take supplements are people who are lacking in something in their diet and so if you walk in and you're like hey i can't sleep very well we're going to ask you well what are you doing well nothing i'm stressed out all these problems are happening okay well let's try some magnesium and let's see what happens and maybe some stress reduction techniques but we always find that magnesium is one of those things that'll help with sleep but not everybody needs to take it but more often than not it's a pretty important thing we find fish oil is often important for people to take, but often we find people coming with a multivitamin. They don't understand why they're taking it. The guy just told them to buy it, but in reality, they don't necessarily need the multivitamin because it has too much of what they're already consuming if they're on a generally healthy diet, especially if we're working with them.
1: Yeah, uh, and I want to address three-piece Happy Meal here real quick. You, you gelling. I, I don't know what I would be gelling on. Is it That's short for jealous. Right? No, it
0: means you're gelling like I have gel in my hair. Oh, haven't you seen yeah. the Gillette commercial?
1: Oh, I mean, I have, yeah, but yeah, I don't know like, that they like.
0: They're like, "Are you gelling?" And he's like, "I'm gelling. You gelling?"
1: I thought that was a Doctor Scholl's thing.
0: I don't know, might be.
1: Okay. Anyways, uh, I I if you could clarify, please, we would be better equipped to answer your question. Look, <laughs> he um, left now. He's oh, like, I'm out. Anyways, um, but yeah, essentially, what you're doing with supplements—if you don't have a genetic deficiency or a nutritional deficiency—that you can't fill. Um, you're essentially essentially paying for expensive urine or you're taking things, uh, that you don't need, right? So one of the things that used to be, I used to commonly see all of my friends, including myself for a small period of time in the Marine Corps, we all wanted to be bodybuilders, right? So we tell people, well, we're like amateur bodybuilders, right? We're just trying to get huge and we want to measure on the Richter scale, but we walk out of the house, right? Anyways, so we walk into GNC. Uh, and we'd walk out with this whole stack of things, right? You've got like milk thistle, liver cleanser, estrogen blockers, uh, test boosters, blah, 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 so on and so forth. Sorry. All this different stuff. Uh, And essentially, in most cases, you're already producing the most hormone that you can already do uh, or that your body can already produce um, in the interest of testosterone or estrogen, and you should only be taking those recommended by a doctor if you need to. Uh, And when it comes to everything else, it's just making sure that, like, you don't have all the adverse effects from every other thing that you're taking. It's just like when you listen for the antipsychotics for the commercials, the first thing they say in some potential side effects is this may cause suicidal thoughts, right? So we're talking about reuptake inhibitors, all this other stuff uh, that is essentially potentially doing more damage where you have to buy another supplement that has more side effects based on the other supplements you purchased.
0: Yeah, so don't get in the habit of getting supplements just because someone told you to get supplements. Talk with someone. and Talk with your doctor, if anybody, or talk with a health professional if you have someone like us. And we find the supplements that are the most important generally end up being magnesium, fish oil, and uh, those are the two big ones, and branched-chain amino acids if you're training in some sort of athletic endeavor like CrossFit, running, bicycling, swimming, anything where you need to replenish and repair. And then at the same time, if you're in a power sport, we find that what's important is – Oh, he says one point, Chandler. See? Yeah. Nailed it. So what we find that if you're <laughs> in a power sport, creating becomes incredibly important. And But it, it's always a detective game. What are you eating? I need you to write your food out for 30 days, and then let's look at it, let's see what you're deficient in, and then let's give you a plan and give you some things that you should probably take based off what we found. And That's why it can't be a cookie-cutter thing. You can't just download a supplement guide on the Internet. You need someone looking specifically at what you're doing because what you're doing is a lot different than what someone else is doing, and you can't use someone else's blueprint to run your own.
1: Yeah. And uh, a lot of these times you're, uh, people are like overtaking these supplements, thinking that it's some huge thing that like, Oh, if I've got like 6 million milligrams of vitamin C, I'm going to be, have this impenetrable immune system. Well, a lot of these things in, in excessive levels are actually toxic to your body, right? Why do we think that we're starting to get into all these studies about vitamin C supposedly killing cancer? It's a it's a toxin, right? It's killing those cells that are growing. Um, and that's just assuming anything in excess is potentially bad for you, right? Whereas almost anything in moderation isn't that bad for you. Yeah.
0: Even vitamins, if you consume too much, causes problems. And often the opposite effect that you're intending to actually fix with it if you take taking too much. That's why we're not a huge, huge fan of multivitamins. We can't monitor and control the amount of ingredients that are generally in those things. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to make it specifically for you.
1: Yeah, and then we get into rate of absorption issues. What is your body actually doing with these things that you're putting into it, which is really like the difference of study between dietetics and organic biochemistry is this is the molecular breakdown of a food versus this is actually what your body is doing with it, right? And it there's a huge difference between those two things. Um, so we need to have an understanding of how your body is responding to these things versus just like, oh, this worked for everybody else, so it's got to work for me too.
0: Yeah, exactly. You're a special snowflake in your diet, nutrition, and health. Be one and be proud of it. Yeah.
1: Find what works for you.
0: Exactly. So next, uh, the next thing we have on is the – so this – I get approached by a lot of these companies, and (laughs) I try to be as nice as possible when they tell me about their new product that's going to make me millions of dollars. All I have to do is peddle it to everybody I know and crush their hopes and dreams and pretend like that it's going to save them and all this. And so – these are the companies that are generally labeled as multi-level marketing or what are they calling it now? Pyramid Net- schemes. Network marketing now. No. They changed the name because okay. multi-level turned into a bad thing. And So now what we're turning into is, and not all these are network marketing. Not all network marketing things are bad. But generally these are the kind of things that approach me because people get in this crazy person mindset where they just want to, you to sell stuff so they can make money. And what this is is that we're specifically talking about waste trainers here and the wraps. And the wraps don't work. They don't do anything. You just wrap it on your body and then somebody takes a picture and photoshops it together and now it's magically fixed.
1: Or you sweated, so you lost some water weight, but as soon as you go drink a cup of water, just like you would have sweated regularly during your workout anyways, that water weight comes back. Uh, sit, I mean, sitting in the sauna can be good for you, right? But saying like, Oh, I weighed myself at the end of the day versus earlier today because I sat in the sauna for four hours. And even though my eyes are sunken and I'm having a hard time walking because I'm overly dehydrated, uh, I lost six pounds in one day. Uh, that, that weight's going to come back as soon as you drink some water. Uh, and waist trainers are not going to, you can't specifically focus in targeting an area of fat. Uh, your body's going to store it where it wants, and essentially the only thing you can do uh, is make sure that you're eating healthily and raising your activity, and you can build muscle in certain places wherever you want, but you can't control where your body's going to store fat.
0: Yeah, there's no way to fix it unless you put the waist trainer on, and then you go run five miles or something. You might die from sweating yeah, because hard. you're going to be covered in plastic. But that's how you would make it work. Otherwise, you can't make anything work by just wrapping your body in something. It doesn't make any sense unless you wrapped your body and ran or wrapped your body in set in a sauna for three hours. But just by sitting in the sauna, you're like Dale saying you're losing water weight, you're sweating it out, and then you're going to gain it right back
1: as soon as you consume liquid. So yeah, you're not targeting fat.
0: Yeah, you're not losing anything, and you're not doing anything that's going to help your body in the long run. You're just trying to put a band-aid on a problem that's been present for a long time, and we need to get rid of the band-aid mentality and get into the "how do I make this work forever" kind of mentality. Because these these things are going to unhealthiness is going to sneak up on you and haunt you later in life, and it's going to cause serious problems and medications, and your loved ones are going to suffer. And so you have to remember that it might you might be fine now, but in 30 years from now you're going to be on all kinds of you're going to have all kinds of problems and issues that are going to have to be fixed by someone who understands how to fix these things that were highly preventable.
1: It's also very easily, simply put, in the interest of specifically talking about waist trainers, is that wrapping yourself in plastic will not make you a healthier person. It doesn't change uh, anything else that you're doing, and because it's marketed as some easy way to lose weight and to fit into some sort of social aesthetic aspect, right? Like, oh, I'm going to look better without having to change any of my other uh, health related disciplines just by wrapping myself in plastic. It's not going to do anything for you.
0: Yeah. There is no magic pill. There is no magic plastic. There only exists hard work and consistency to your efforts.
1: Yeah. They also have like the fabric ones too. They were like a huge thing for a couple of my friends in the service. <laughs> and It doesn't help guys.
0: Exactly. Don't fall for the, the beautiful marketing they do and the posts that they give all of their people to put out on Facebook. Like, Hey, if I could change your life in three easy steps, would you do it? I'm asking you to solicit a comment.
1: So what <laughs> next
0: is, let's talk about the cholesterol issue. So we find this this is a really big myth that's actually been perpetuated for a long time and is finally breaking out into something to where it might not have, have been as big of a problem as we thought originally. And a lot of people are suffering from being on medications for like preventing this, and it's cholesterol. And what we find with cholesterol is general gen- generally people are – not going to have problems with cholesterol. You have the mevalonic pathway of cholesterol biosynthesis and an en- enzyme called HMG-CoA reductase, which is responsible for regulating your cholesterol. So if you take too much, it's going to stop it from producing. If you take too little, it's going to produce it. That thing works efficiently, works really well. So dietary intake isn't going to cause any problems or issues unless you suffer from FH, which is familial hypocholestremia, a genetic disorder where that does not work. So when you're eating these foods and you're finding that your cholesterol is high, it's generally not from consuming cholesterol itself, it's from an overall unhealthy diet that's causing systemic inflammation in your body.
1: Yeah, and the the big thing when it comes to cholesterol that everyone was talking about is supposedly dietary cholesterol creates plaque in my arteries uh, and I'm essentially having fat buildup where it's not supposed to be, so on and so forth. Well, there's a huge difference between dietary cholesterol and cholesterol is a steroid hormone produced by your body and they don't work the same way um, and even uh, in the interest of it finally being broken out as it doesn't affect you the same way as your your own uh, cholesterol works in your body that you produce um, is that I, I, the American It's not the American Heart Association, but it's like all of the the experts that the government employs to come together to decide every year or every five years on the information that we need to put out to the general public as to what is healthy. Got together two years ago and published uh, essentially a list of studies from the last like 10 years saying that there is no correlation between uh, dietary cholesterol negatively affecting your body unless you have a, a genetic deficiency.
0: Exactly so your cholesterol intake isn't necessarily a problem of specific cholesterol intake It's a problem of a poor diet over a long period of time. That's what's causing the issues It's eating too many high processed foods like flaming hot Cheetos or (laughs) eating your horrifying lunch that's like cake and bread and all this stuff that has no value nutritionally, so we just need to focus on stepping back from that kind of stuff and focus more into, rather than the, the pasta for lunch, maybe have some fish or a hunk of meat and some veggies. Those are always going to be your best options, and those are going to be your more nutrient-dense options, and the options that help prevent all these problems and issues.
1: Yeah, whenever you're looking at something, it, we always like to talk, uh, if we're, ta- we're talking about weight loss, it's real easy to look at food and say, is it nutrient-dense? Um, and usually the, the funny thing is the more nutrient-dense something is, as in the more uh, that it contributes to you, uh, the less calorically dense it is, like vegetables, that's right? That's um, But also, you should be able to look at a food, and if it isn't contributing positively to your body, right? If the only thing that's listed on the nutrition facts is just, like, sugar, protein, fiber, fat, and carbohydrate, that's not enough, right? We're talking about things that actually give something to your body uh, rather than the bread, uh, label that says, well, it just has carbohydrate and fiber in it.
0: Yeah, you need a lot more than that to make your body function and to make sure you're healthy long run. Mm-hmm. So the last thing we want to talk about today is sodium intake. So we're finding that a lot of Americans have problems with sodium or high cholesterol or high blood pressure and a lot of those issues. And, but what we're finding with sodium intake is we're, it's the same thing as cholesterol. We're finding that normal, healthy people who don't have a autoimmune disease or a genetic disorder, only about 10% of them suffer from problems with sodium, with high blood pressure due to sodium intake. And we're finding that sodium doesn't, dietary intake of sodium doesn't necessarily pose a problem with high blood pressure. And there's not necessarily a correlation that we thought there was originally.
1: Well, yeah, and just like with all, uh, like with the waste trainers or, or the supplements, I would encourage you when something is being marketed to you to go, if you can, get a hold of the most recent study related to that subject and see who funded Uh, supposedly the the study, the clinical study that produced the results saying that these things benefit you. If it's coming from the industry that's going to benefit from it specifically, and it's not a peer-reviewed case study, it's just people pumping money into people who supposedly can publish uh, this information that's completely biased so that they can make money off of it.
0: Exactly. So when you see someone funding a study that has to do with soda intake via sugar not being a problem and then you see it's funded by Coke, you probably should realize there's a conflict of interest there. Or if you see some sort of company that's marketing towards low salt foods funding companies that say problems about salt or whatever. Whatever there is happening, whoever's funding, you have to make sure that you understand the potential conflict of interest, who's funding the fund, and who's paying attention to it. Like Another big one was when I think it was Gatorade or Powerade. They were funding all of the hydration studies. So, of course, it came out with, Gatorade's better. You have to drink Gatorade as your hydration effort. Mm -hmm. And then it really broke out as, wait a second, hydration wasn't necessarily as important as we thought it was during exercise. It was all fabricated by studies performed by Gatorade.
1: Yeah, and it's real big right now. How how much everybody is realizing that people related to the sugar industry have essentially put all of their marketing money into pointing the fingers of blame at everywhere else, whether it was fat, cholesterol, uh, sodium, anything else, lack of activity, they were trying to point the finger at anyone else but themselves. But when it comes down to it, sugar is the biggest killer outside of, you know, like, I don't know sugar when it comes to diet, dietary consideration is the big thing that's going to kill you. Um, but they're the ones who have been continually trying to push money to show that everybody else is to blame, but themselves.
0: Exactly. And so when you think about this stuff, it's things aren't always as they seem and they're not always as clear cut as they seem. And they require quite a bit of detective work to learn and understand the way these things function, the way the body function, the way it's going to interact. And it takes a lot of effort. So if you're looking into changing this stuff or moving into another position to where you're in a better, your better overall health is uh, I guess better. Listen to our third podcast nutrition and just switch, get rid of all this crap and stop listening to the industry and start moving towards whole health foods. And the whole health foods are defined as foods that you can use for just general eating. You, you shouldn't be able to pull it out of a bag or a sack or anything like that. It should be a hunk of meat, veggies, some fruit and maybe some sweet potatoes or starch depending on what you're eating and use that as your mainstay cheat a couple times a week and then stay away from all the crap and if you're on a diet like that maybe include some magnesium and fish oil and you're set and healthy you don't need all this garbage
1: yeah and we used to have a saying in the marine corps and that's called keep it simple stupid and essentially what that means is i i Please don't take that as me calling anybody stupid. Uh, <laughs> kiss. However, the kiss um, if you keep everything simple, just like he said, right so like we're talking about a hunk of lean protein, some vegetables, limited starch and fruit, uh, you're gonna be a, generally a healthy person and don't let all this scare you into like, oh my goodness, I, I can't believe anything that I hear and it, you know it's overly complicated. I need someone to do a blood test and tell me all these different things, and triglycerides, so on and so forth. No, I mean, you can get a little bit more fine-tuned with it, going and getting a blood test, so on and so forth. You just got to make sure you're talking to the right person who's taking a look at it and saying where you're deficient. Um, But as long as you're keeping it simple and you're not, and you understand that it actually takes work, there is no easy way out of uh, being healthy. It requires being a little disciplined with your food. It requires getting into the gym every once in a while and being a generally active person uh, and just having a focus on your health other than like, well, I'm going to take some magic pill. Uh, am I allowed to say specific brand names? Like, am I going to get sued for that?
0: I don't think so. Okay. We'll so, like liposine, right? <laughs> so like liposine,
1: right? So like the essentially these super high caffeine pills that all it's doing is making you pee a lot. Uh, where again, we're losing water weight because we can't specifically target fat with a pill. Um, and there is no magic pill. There is no one size fits all. This is going to You don't have to do anything, you don't have to change anything about your life other than buying these $900 supplements, Um, and you can just go sit on the couch and lose weight.
0: Yeah, remember, if it seems too easy, it most likely probably is, and so you probably shouldn't do it, or you should consult with someone who's at a professional level who can tell you whether or not it makes sense.
1: Yeah, you can either ask around for who your local experts are in your community, uh, or again, you can run it by your doctor uh, and see what their recommendation is. in most cases, especially when it comes to supplements and like the interest of waste trainers, your doctors are going to be like, look, you really don't need this. You should probably just eat more this. Yeah. Um, put more leafy greens, uh, not including lettuce in that diet. Um, lettuce is just fiber and water.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that's what it comes down to. So if you guys have questions about this episode or anything we talked about, just post them in the comments. If you're listening to this, send them to info at stoneagefuel.com. We'll answer your questions in a future episode. If you're considering something like we talked about that probably isn't going to be healthy for you, shoot us an email about it. We'll help you. We'll respond back and forth. And that's what it comes down to. This is Chandler signing out in an exciting way and Dale signing out in a more excited whale. Uh,
1: Wait. Whale? Whale? Are you a whale? No.
0: He's not a whale.
1: (laughs) You trying to say something, Chan? Yeah. You look, are you judging me?
0: Yeah, Jesus. You gain too much weight.
1: <laughs> yeah, apparently. Oh, my gosh.
0: What are we going to do now?
1: I don't know. I guess I'll have to learn to love myself the way I am.
0: Yeah, you are. I mean, you look
1: great, though. Yeah, I don't care you what you think.
0: Yeah, it's true you shouldn't. <laughs> See ya!